Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> we greet you again tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus. What a privilege it is for us to be gathered together again in the house of God. Apparently, the Wednesday night service must have really tore up the devil's kingdom big time. <clears throat> he must have got mad on a hornet, so he thought that he'd try to stop us from having church again. Dumb devil. We may not have as many people as we got here, but <clears throat> I'm sure that we've already noticed that whenever the people in here, the Lord always compensates for it by His presence and supernatural way of moving. So we're looking forward to see what the Lord <clears throat> has on His heart tonight. Certainly appreciate the brothers and uh, Sister Anna for coming and singing for us and the musician brothers coming to be with us. We uh, <clears throat> want to bring you greetings and just trust that the blessing of God is on your life. Brother Lou has already mentioned um, several requests of needs um, of people in different parts of the states and the world as well. And we know we've got several in our church that are sick and afflicted, going through various things. But <clears throat> we know our God is greater than all of our needs. That's right. We can just look to Him and believe Him with all of our hearts in the time of difficulty and adversity. And we hear of uh, many things that are happening, but yet... At the same time, I'm hearing many good testimonies as well Amen. of things that God is doing, answering prayer. So we believe that we need to balance out all those things with the positive things that the Lord is doing. It's difficult for you. It's difficult for me. <clears throat> as the shepherd, um, it makes it very hard for me when people are in the hospital. I can't go see them. I don't know how many different people have had surgeries and procedures and all kinds of things, and I can't even get in to see them at all. It's very hard for Carol and myself because we always like to come and see the sheep and to try to minister to them whenever we can. And um, I know it's, it's hard on you all as the sheep. I get texts and emails and things. Wish you could come. Wish you could be here. And we certainly wish we could too. But there's one thing about it. Jesus can come through in there. They don't screen him at the front door. So they'd stop me at the front door, and you know, because I'm physical, I'm corporal, but the Lord Jesus can go right in that room right with you. He can go right when that scan is. I know I've had to drop Eric off <clears throat> a couple of times actually this week for different scans, and it's a very sad, lonely feeling when you have to drop them by the door and have to go in by theirself, but yet it's only by theirself visibly. They've got presence of angels all around them and the presence of God, so... We learn to be able to grab a hold of those promises of God that maybe we take for granted in times like these. But be strong, children. God's going to bring us through this thing. God's going to help us, and we're going to be stronger on the other side. I know that sheep, um, I was looking at it today, that sheep need to be led. Sheep need to be strengthened. You know, you turn a dog loose out, and the dog can live for probably years without man ever touching him. Horse could live for years, that man ever touching him. Cows, all kinds of animals, but not a sheep. A sheep is not intended to live by itself. A sheep is intended, God made it so, to where it requires man's attention and man's help. Now think of it, a squirrel, squirrel can climb up a tree, a rabbit can run in a hole, all these things, they can live totally by themselves without ever seeing a man, but not a sheep. A sheep is made to where it needs man's guidance. It means it needs man's tutorship and man's ability to be able to guide it for food. So 
Um, we know that God will help us during these times, and I believe he'll bring us back together again by his word. We'll read tonight from the book of Hebrews chapter 9. If the Lord would help us tonight, <clears throat> maybe we can leave this building and you can leave your home where you are and your car, your office, wherever you're streaming this service. If we can leave for just a little while, all of our troubles and our heartaches and our difficulties and things that we're dealing with, and if we could be caught up in rapture into the presence of God in His Word. Now, I know that many times when we're going through hard things that God will come right down and address directly what we're going through. We've seen Him do that so many times. But we also know there's other times when God will actually go above the storm and He won't actually address the storm itself, but He will go above the storm and call His children above it. When God came to Job, God didn't get down there and remind him of all the troubles he already knew that he had. God didn't go down through the list and repeat, you went through this and you went through that. I feel so sorry for you, you went through that. God never mentioned one of them. But what God did was, God pointed Job to his greatness. Where was you when I laid the foundations of the world? So that lets me know that there's times that God will condescend to our level, and then there's times that God wants to raise us up higher to His level. So, let's, let's see His direction tonight. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15. And for this cause, He is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Let's bow our heads together. Lord Jesus, how grateful we are tonight, Father for your blessed word. Thank you for your presence, Lord, that you promised would be with us when we assemble this way. Lord God, we felt it would be best, Lord, with as many as we have that are sick and dealing with various things, Lord, many that's dealing with other issues, and Father, their, their immune system being weak, and God, I just felt in my heart that it would be the best thing for us to have at least tonight and tomorrow this way, and then we will uh, look at it again for first of the week and make a decision, Lord, about Wednesday. But <clears throat> we just pray tonight, Father, that you would help us. Lord, even though we're not gathered bodily, we've gathered, Lord God, in our homes and our cars, maybe some so sick they don't even feel like sitting up. Lord, they're laying on their bed or they're laying on their couch. But Father, we know that your presence can go right there where they are. And we're looking for you to do that. Even Lord Jesus, as we prayed right here Wednesday night, Father, when I got home, Brother Darrell had texted me and how the presence of God had moved for Sister Cheryl. She had been laying in the floor, Lord, for about an hour, just so sick she couldn't get up. But when Brother Darrell texted me later after I got home, she was sitting up eating soup. <laughs> 
So, Lord, we know that was your mighty hand that moved for our sister. And we're so grateful, Father, that you did. Other reports that we've heard this week of the goodness and the hand of God that's been moving among your children. And that's what we expect you to do because you're that kind of a loving Father. So tonight as we look into your word, I pray you'd administer strength to us, Father. May we be able to rise above our difficulties, our heartaches, the hardships that we're going through. May we be able to set together in heavenly places and see who we are in Christ Jesus. Speak to us from your word tonight, Father, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the brothers say, Amen. Amen. God bless you, brothers. Thank you all so much for coming and helping, helping in the service tonight. I'd like for us to turn also, if we can, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20, uh, knowing that the grace of God was so uh, abundant to give to Paul this great understanding of the mercy of God and the covenant which the Lord Jesus has brought to his people. And seeing that what God had done, opening the revelation of his word and helping the people to be able to understand their position in in Christ Jesus. Knowing, now keep in mind that by this time, whenever Hebrews is written, the church is going through such hardship. The church is going through such difficult times. And, you know, we're, we're having difficult times ourselves. And many of our brothers and sisters around the world, and I'm reminding you of different saints in Africa and India and different places that I'm hearing from. Don't get in your mind, this is just something that the United States is doing. And don't get in your mind that this is just American politics. It's way beyond American politics. But yet, it was the same thing as the church had now began to grow. And as it grew in understanding and revelation, also in number, then God was allowing the power of the enemy to come against the church. And they were suffering tremendous things. They were suffering, Brother Louis, in a way that we, were, we are not suffering for sure. Because many of them were being killed. They were being martyred for the cause of Christ. You imagine the pastors, the evangelists, the teachers, as they would get up and try to encourage the saints of God. Now, we know how it is for us that we've got saints that are sick. We've got saints that the doctors have given some bad reports. And as bad as that is, yep, no one in our church has been martyred this week. No one in our church had their belly ripped open and their baby took out and its brains dashed against the wall. None of our sisters were taken by Roman guards and and molested and the children were slain. None of that. So we still got a whole lot to be thankful for. But during that time also was when times like this when the word of God came. So the Word of God didn't just always write about the martyrdom. As a matter of fact, you find very little that was mentioned in the first church age about martyrdom. And when it was mentioned, it was mentioned more in a symbol. And how that God did not always come down to that spot and really just dwell therein. But God wanted to raise the face of the saints of God to a higher realm. And this is such passages here in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. Now, the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect 
in every good work to do His will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ. You're talking about a power-packed verse. Now, listen to this again, verse 21. Make you perfect. Now, this is not the same word that we find many times in the New Testament that is used, teleios. But this is the other Greek word, which is karizo, and it means to mend what has been broken or rent, to repair, to complete, to make one what he ought to be. So this is not now bringing us to the state of completion or maturity, but it's bringing us to a state of perfection of what we ought to be in Christ Jesus. Now this is not something that we can actually do in ourselves. Now we know that God gave the fivefold ministry and we know that it was the for the perfecting of the saints. It is not this word right here, but it is the other Greek word which is to bring us to a state of maturity and learning and finding out our position in Christ, but only the Lord Jesus himself can bring you and I to this state of perfection. Notice how he does it to make you perfect in every good work to do his will. So it is actually, it's a counterpart of the Spirit of God in us. And we know that God will never ask us to do His part. But we also know He will never do our part. So it is us doing our part of the will of God. And when we do our part, He comes right in and we are buddies, we are partners together. And when we partnership and the two omnipotents meet together, then God empowers us to do His will. Notice in working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight. Isn't that every one of our hearts desire tonight? To think that of all the things that the Lord Jesus could say to us in this life or in the life that is to come. Now, if he could say to us, I'll give you anything you want. How much money you want? How many cars do you want? Or what if he showed you that you're going through a real trial right now and he said, now tell you what I'll do. I'll take this trial off of you. But let me just show you the reason of this trial. While this trial is going to be here, you're going to be more sincere than you've been for a while because you know yourself that you've got just a little bit cold you've got just a little bit lukewarm and you can already tell since this trial has been there you're praying more you're doing more you're loving me more it's making you more aware of my presence now I'll take it off of you if you want me to or if you want me to I'll leave it on there and I will work a greater work in your heart when it's done I know what every one of us that love God tonight would say would say Lord leave it on there leave it on there and help me God that I can do what is well pleasing to you so what is well pleasing to God isn't always necessarily that we are without trouble that we're without heartache we're without difficulty but the thing that God wants to do is so perfect our souls in the union of his love that we become as he himself did in so much that as he said not my will but thy will be done oh 
when I get there that day, I don't want to hear him say, you built so many churches around the world. Why, all over America, there's Oregon sitting in there and there's PA system sitting there that you bought and you gave the pastor strict instruction. Don't you tell nobody where it come from and you done this and you done that and you done the other. I'm not interested in hearing none of that. But there's one thing that I want to hear from him and that is well done my good and faithful servant you have been faithful over a few things enter into the joys of the Lord that was prepared for you before the foundation of the world now notice what the real believer gets when they link up with eternal life while they're in this life they are already getting a little bit of a foretaste of their eternal reward because they are already seeing the attributes of the well-pleasing Spirit of God in them working out by the Lord what we're going to get when we get there. What do we want to hear Him say? Well done. Do we not want to please Him? Absolutely. Then we can be so one with God in His purpose, His desire, His motive for our lives that we already start out living our reward right here while we're battling every day of our life. Notice this, that make you perfect in every good work to do His will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in His sight. So it's not me, it's not you, it's Him working in us that which is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, we know that when we talk about this type of perfection, I will never be perfect in your sight and you will never never be perfect in mine. Is that agreed? We may look at one another and see one another's shortcomings, and I learned a long time ago that if we look at people, people will stumble us. Preachers will stumble us. Humans will stumble us. This is one reason why that we've got folks that have left this message is because many of them sat under preachers that never taught them that Brother Branham was not a God, he was a man. And he quoted things wrong and said things wrong. Aren't you glad we know that already? So they begin to find out that Brother Branham was a human. And when they found out he was a human being and said things over here and then said something different over there, it wrecked their faith in the message. Well, I'm so glad I know he was a man when I come in this. Praise the Lord. There's only one infallible among us, and that's the Lord Jesus. All the rest of us are on the same level. Right? But yet when you're looking at people want human perfection. They want Brother Brandon to be perfect. They want everything from 47 to 65 to be perfect. He never said that. He told us he grew in understanding. He told us himself, I used to believe that leprosy come from this and this and this. I used to believe, do a little study on it sometime if you're not a coward. I used to believe this and I used to believe that. He used to believe that the germ come from Almighty God and the egg come from the Virgin Mary. Well, praise the Lord. I'm sorry you didn't know that. He used to believe Jesus was the second person the Godhead. Well, that's what he said anyway. But you know what? He had to change. So when he changed, we changed with him. 
So we'll never reach a stage of perfection in this life. And if we look at people's faults and their failures, my goodness, it will stumble us all the way to heaven. But what we have to do is to know that the only way perfection can be attained to is in Christ Jesus, and it will never be seen or visible by us in ourself or in the eyes of others. Listen to this in law in Chicago. Brother M said, I will never be perfect in your sight. So for those around the message that he is perfect in their sight, they don't believe what he said. Well, praise the Lord. They want to make him God. They want to make him infallible. They want to make every word he said. Thus saith the Lord, you are lying on Brother Branham when you say that. Because Brother Branham never said that. That is error from the pits of hell, not the gates of heaven. He said God's prophets are not infallible people. They make mistakes. Well, amen, Brother Donnie. That's right. I will never be perfect in your sight, and you will never be perfect in my sight, but let's lay that aside. But yet, that's what stumbles so many people. Well, I would go to church, but I've seen so-and-so, and they go to that church up there, and I've seen them out doing this wrong and that wrong. I, I can't believe that they've done that. Boy, that just hurt me. Why, sure, stuff like that hurts us all. But we ain't got our eyes on that. We've got our eyes on God's promise that God said there is a bride. Now who they are, I don't know who they are. But God said there will be and I believe there's going to be. So I'm not getting my eyes on this man, that man, that man, that man, and don't get your eyes on that man. We want to keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus because all human beings are flawed and they will disappoint you. That's right. Notice he said, let's lay that aside, but what about in God's sight? I look at you as a human. God looks at you through the blood of his son as a redeemed one. And Jesus said, be ye therefore perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. Not what you've done, you have nothing to merit it. It's what Christ did for you. Now this is where of course the Presbyterian and the Baptists and some of the others without a proper balance of, of understanding of election and brought in the ideology of once in grace, always in grace even the prophet himself in Shreveport stands and said, you Baptist brethren and you Presbyterian brethren had security wrong. And he said, I had it wrong too. But an angel of God stood and corrected me. Well if he corrected him, I'm going to take his correction. Praise the Lord. Well, amen. Notice again now, water separation. God looking through the blood, he doesn't see you no more as a sinner. He sees you redeemed. Now, if we constantly look at ourselves in the natural realm, we will be so defeated, we'll never feel like we're worthy of God, we're worthy of church, we're worthy of the rapture. The greatest disappointing person that I deal with in this life is Donnie Reagan. Because I think for what I know, what I understand, what I've been allowed to see I, by the grace of God, I think, my, I should be so much farther up the Lord road. Lord, why aren't I farther up the road? Why aren't I doing this and doing that and the other? And I look at preacher friends that I know and sheep that I know, and if we keep our eyes on that, we'll be so down that we'll not even get off the ground after a while. 
But we have to know that there is a place in Christ. I love this. Amen. You're redeemed because he always sees you through Christ. Now, with the brothers that are here tonight that are visible, those in the audio booth, those brothers upstairs, and the video booth as well, if I could take a glimpse tonight through the blood of the Lord Jesus and see you one time, I would never see you the same way again. And if you could ever see me or see the church people or see your wife or your children and if they are truly under the blood and God would allow you one time to look through the blood of the Lord Jesus and see them it would change forever the view that you have of every human but without God giving us vision there's no way for that to happen so we have to take his word then when we read the word the word has to be quickened to us or it becomes just another good quote or another good scripture well, God looks at you through the blood of the Lord Jesus and he sees you as perfect. And we read that and we quote it and we try our best to believe it. But the truth of it is, it's not made real to most of us. Amen. Notice now he said, not perfect in the sense of sinless. We're perfect in the eyes of God when we're in Christ. That's the reason he said, be ye therefore perfect even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Now I'm not perfect in your sight. You may not be perfect in my sight, but what about in God's sight? That's where it lays. And if you're born again into the body of Christ, then God looks upon you as perfect as Christ himself was. How many needs that to be made real to you? Every brother in here raised his hand. I imagine those of you that are streaming this service, you probably raised your hand as well. Now, that is a wonderful quote. Is it not, Brother Lane? Is it not, Brother Joel? Isn't that absolutely wonderful? My, what it could be to us if every believer looked at that and that was actually made revelation. Is it made revelation to most of us? Probably not. But I believe that God wants it to be, don't you? But what about in God's sight, that's where it lays. And if you're born again into the body of Christ and God looks upon you as as perfect as Christ himself, amen, nothing you can do. So it's nothing based upon what we do, what we say. When I read my Bible three times a day, I pray three times a day, the Muslims do that. Uh, other people live good, holy lives. My goodness, the Amish, the Mennonite, the Hutterite, many of them, you know, they have long dresses, they have this, that, or the other. But yet, that's not the, what God wants. God wants us to be able to so be so deep in Christ that he himself looks at the blood and only hears your voice as it comes up so far and through the power of transformation it transcends into that and it's the voice of the Lord Jesus. My God, my God, how about Father. You imagine it's by grace God has given you this offer, and if you've accepted it in the sight of God, you are perfect, redeemed, washed in the blood of the Lamb, without fault, without blemish, without spot. Isn't that marvelous? But there ain't a brother in here that's acting like it's marvelous. We're just acting like what? Like the rest of you folks are no doubt on the internet that it's a good message quote. Well, what, what do we need to happen to this quote? Do I need to reword it somehow? 
Do I need to take out some of the words and, and water it down a little bit? No, we just need it made real to our hearts. So you will agree with me, I'm sure tonight, then whatever part of you, whatever part of me that is in Christ Jesus, that part is perfect. Is that right? So whatever of me is in the Lord Jesus is perfect. Then the part of me that is left out of his mystical body still is subject to fault and failure and mistake and disease and heartache and ultimately if he does not come, end up in death. So the part of you and I that is in him, notice people say, oh, if I can just keep holding on. It ain't you holding on. It's whether he held on or not. It's, it ain't what I am. It's what he is. What he represented me as. What he represented me as. Don't you see? This is what Paul was saying to make us perfect. That he could make us what we ought to be. So the Lord Jesus represented us as what he wanted us to become. God don't see me as I am. If I'm in Christ, he sees Christ. Now, notice then, so whatever your need is tonight in your body, in your home, in your finances, in your job, whatever it is, this will help give us faith to know that whenever we ask, oh, but Brother Donnie, I've got so many mistakes and so many flaws. Sure you do. Every one of us do. And I remind you of the sister that came to the prophet whenever she was telling Brother Branham, Sister Georgia Bruce, but Sister Brother Branham, I have so many things about me that I know ain't right. Uh, Brother Branham, please pray for me. I've never been able to get to a spot that I could put my foot down and, and I've got the Holy Ghost. Well, Sister Georgie said, I've watched your life by vision. I've watched your life by vision. Why, you know, if there was anything there, I would tell you, imagine Brother Louis, a prophet of God sitting there looking through your life back forth one way or another, not seeing one thing. Oh, you talking about an assurance before God. Seeing not one thing in your life, but yet look how strong Sister Georgie Bruce's humanity was. That the prophet of God told her, Sister Georgie, I've, I've watched your life by vision. I don't see anything there. But he advises her to pray that she would be able to speak in tongues or prophesy or something like that. Why would Brother Branham do that? Brother Branham knew that, you know, as long as he could keep her under that vision in the office, she would probably be all right. But what's going to happen when Sister Georgie walks out of the power of the influence of that vision and she walks back out, what's she going to deal with? Georgie Bruce. So Georgie Bruce still don't think she's got the Holy Ghost. Georgie Bruce still, as far as she's concerned, has never set her foot at a spot where she could have confidence. Well, praise the Lord. So even though the prophet of God gave her this word, I don't know if Sister Georgie ever went back. No doubt she recorded that, I'm sure. And thank God she did, so we'd be able to go back to it. And maybe she listened to it over and over again. I guarantee you one thing, if he hadn't been talking to Donnie Lee, Donnie Lee would have had that table or smack out. If he had said that about me, we'd do it as a prelude in every ever service here. Amen. I'll tell you one thing, that is a great assurance as far as I'm concerned. 
But yet you realize that God looked at Sister Georgia and God went beyond the grace of a vision. What was that vision? It was the grace of God. But God went beyond the grace of that vision to give her something that she would be able to take with her. Well, if Almighty God did that for her, what about you and I? But yet Brother Bram said if he taught that as the evidence of the Holy Ghost, then people would seek the tongues and the emotion and this and that and not have what Sister Georgie had. Sister Georgie actually had the Holy Ghost. But the human, the human nature, the human strength of that bondage of humanity had such a hold that it was like Sister Georgie still couldn't break through. You talking about something. We are something, ain't we? But God in his mercy to us wants us to, wants it to grasp it so bad that he'll do whatever he has to do to make it real to us. Notice he said, if I'm in Christ, he sees Christ. He don't see me no more. For I'm dead. My life is hid in him, sealed by the Holy Spirit, covered by the blood. You get it. Well, Brother Random, we're trying. Now you imagine, this is 222, 1955. 222, 1955, what is it, 60 some years ago. Here he was preaching in Pentecostal churches and Methodists and whatever more. Can you imagine how for many of them that went right over the top of their heads? It was not their hour for them to grasp a lot of this stuff. But yet I believe the hour is here that God wants us as his people to come to a recognition of who we are. Look, we've got more needs among us in our church body than we have ever had since I've been here as your pastor. Many of you have probably got more needs in your family, in your home, than you can ever recollect that you've had as being a Christian on the earth. Well, if that is so, then I believe that means the power of God wants to be here among us. That God cannot prove how great we are. And oh, we're this and we're that. No, we don't want to go that way. God wants to prove how great He is. He wants to prove. He loves to get us to a spot to where we can't go this way, we can't go that way, we can't go that way. There ain't no way for us to go except look up this way. And he gets us to a spot that the medicine didn't do it, the doctor didn't do it, the lawyer didn't do it. There was only one way out and Jesus done it. Notice this again, he said, you can't be perfect, but as long as you're in Christ, you are perfected by his vicarious suffering. And death at the cross, God doesn't see your sins. He sees nothing, listen, but one perfect person, the body of Jesus Christ. Again, he says, I know I'm no good. Never was, never will be. Can we all say amen to that tonight? Not about Brother Brandon, but about herself. But then in the presence of God, I'm absolutely perfect because it's not me. He never sees me. But my problem is I see me. I see you. You see you. You see me. You see your wife. You see brothers and sisters you come to church with. And that's what you allow to be your stumbling block instead of looking beyond you and looking beyond them. And if you can be in Christ with all of your faults, then that brother that you don't like could also be in Christ with all of his. You see, it works both ways. Oh my, listen to this. He never sees me. He sees Christ. I'm in Christ and my name 
Well, my name was associated with him at the foundation of the world. My name was, think of it, here we are, 60 years old, 50 years old, whatever you are, 20 years old, 13 years old, and yet your name was associated with him at the foundation of the world. Watch these little things we're going through then. What can they be compared to the greatness of Almighty God that had us back there in his mind before he ever created the world? Our name was associated with the Lord Jesus before the foundation of the world was ever laid. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Satan, notice this in future home, cannot bother or he can tempt, but he cannot get a born-again Christian for God from the foundation of the world foresaw him and sent Jesus to redeem him and the blood speaks for him. How can God see sin? How can he sin when it can't be seen? Even by God. It, the only thing he hears is your voice. But he sees your representation. Why God would ever look past the Lord Jesus and look at me. God be look at Brother Louis. God be look at you, brothers. God be look at you, saints tonight. My goodness, we'd be killed in less than five seconds because of our humanity. But God don't see that. Oh, hallelujah. He sees our representation. And what is our representation? The Lord Jesus. What is the Lord Jesus? He is as we ought to be. He is as we ought to be. He represents us as our mediator and our lawyer and our testator. He represents us as we ought to be, not as we are in these mortal bodies. Oh, glory to God. If we can only get that tonight, it's the same way with those of you that are sick and saying it over and over again. The work is already done. That's why the Lord Jesus, if he was here, he could not do one more thing than he's already done. Praise be to God. Notice this in the Easter seal. Now they go up to the day of Pentecost to receive their abstract. Do you know what an abstract is? It is when a deed has been cleared. They went up there to receive the rapture. Now this is the whole purpose of the kenosis of the Lamb of God. is to bring us to a clearing of the deed. Now I found this, and it's more on the legal side, but to be able to share you, to give, share it with you rather, to give us an idea. An abstract of title, or a title abstract, briefly summarizes the various activities affecting ownership of a parcel of land. Affecting ownership of a parcel of land. When a person or business agrees to purchase real estate, that person or business arranges for an examination of the history of the property's t- 
title. Now, Brother Larry does this sort of thing, so he could be a whole lot more expert about it than what I am. But you would not want to go out and buy, you know, a, a piece of property somewhere, and you're going to tie three or four hundred thousand dollars up in a house or seventy thousand, whatever it is, and you want to put it right on there until you are sure that you have let this title be searched back and that some title insurance company will be able to insure this title for you. Then when they do that, they take that on themselves. They will underwrite that title. They stand good for your title. So if somebody comes back 10 years down the road and say, hey, so-and-so has got a lien against your property, say, that ain't my problem. You go back to the title insurance company because they're the one that settled that for me. That's the way it is when we, by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, are searched back when all the grievances, all the claims, that was filed against us and were searched plumb back before the foundation of the world. Well, if the devil wants to accuse me, he's got to go back to my eternal life assurance company because my eternal life assurance company promised me I've got a clear title when he gave me the Holy Ghost. So if the devil wants to accuse me of anything against my soul, he's got before God to go before the throne of God and say, you, sir, are liable because I found a speck of sin in Donnie's soul. And God would say, there ain't no way. That old man in Donnie is dead. Now, if you're talking about that human body, I don't even see that. I don't even look at that. That's not what's mine already. Hallelujah. But what's mine is that part which I placed a deposit of my own seed inside of there. That's what I'm working out of Donnie. That's what I'm living out of Donnie, out of Joel. That's what I'm living out of Louis. It ain't that old carnal man. That's the one you still got a claim on that old body, Satan. But it ain't going to be long because I'm fixing to take that away from you as well. But I've done chase his deed back. His soul is clear all the way back to Isaac, Jacob, Abraham, Noah, Enoch. I've done searched it back to the beginning. Everything that was against him has been struck off. And I insured his soul for eternity. Lord have mercy, that'd make a Methodist want to shout. Praise be to God. So what is it? An examination of the history of the property's title. This examination known as a title search. A title search is conducted to determine that the seller of the property in fact owns the property and has a free and clear title. A free and clear title has no clouds. I thought this was amazing when I found this. Has no clouds on it. Which means that no person or business other than the seller has an interest in or claim to the property. Now the law could not do this. Praise the Lord. The law could not clear the folk's soul. So they died pointing to a day when the title search would come. But David didn't have a clear title. Is that right? Now what's this 
also about a title search. A title search is an examination of all public records pertaining to the property. The search will include a chain of the title, which reviews the history of ownership, starting with the current owner, which when you and I got saved, the current owner was the devil. So then you look back five years, same owner, the devil. Look back five more years, same owner, the devil. Well, that's pretty consistent. Yeah, it was very consistent from the time I took my breath until Jesus got a hold of it. That's right. Some of y'all, 40 years, 50 years, my case, 12 years, whatever war, you know, until we give our heart to God, then that same property owner, and you can see his attributes. Boy, we done this and that and the other. Yeah, it's absolutely he owned that property, and he done whatever he wanted to on that property. If he wanted to party, he partied. If he wanted to get drunk, he got drunk. Whatever the devil wanted to do, and it's easy to see from one year to another year to another year, searching backwards exactly where it was and then you search it back to when that's when the title started screaming so right there is where you search it back but oh glory to God I'm so glad that God searched back beyond my mama I'm so glad that God searched back even before hallelujah I was conceived in my mother's womb and God could say alright now devil you had your claim on him for 12 years you had your claim on Louis for however long it was but I had a claim way beyond your claim ever began in the realm of mortality now that your claim has run out mine can kicks in. So mine, hey man, mine kicks in before he ever took a breath of mortality. Before he ever started being formed in his mother's womb from the backbone from the union of a man and a woman, I had him in my mind before the foundation of the world. So now I will pick up where you cannot go. I will search it back to the mediators. I'll search it back to the law. I'll search it back to the Torah. I'll go back to the grace given to Abraham. I'll I'll go back farther than the grace given to Noah. I'll go back before there's any speck of life, any any molecules of life. And I will go plumb back to the bank of my mind. Because hallelujah, I had all of my children's deeds scrolled up in the bank of my mind. And they were back there in the vault, hallelujah, of my word all stored up. Before you ever come into existence, devil, I thought about them. Before I ever spoke you into existence. I loved them. I longed for them. I wanted to see them. I wanted to hold them. I wanted to touch them. I wanted to have fellowship with them. They were in the bank of my mind. Yes, yes, I see it now. Here it is. There's Donnie. Millions of years, Satan, before you ever come into existence. So a chain of title which reviews the history of ownership starting with the current owner and going back typically 50 years. Well, I guess that's good enough for a lot in the subdivision. I guess that's good enough for a lot you're going to build a church on and a lot you're going to build a building on. But if you're going to build eternal life on it, you don't want to just go back 50 years. You want to go back before mortality began. Praise God. In addition, the search will reveal any title-related problems. 
You know, like Reagan issues, and Brown issues, and Walls issues, Blevins issues. We all had them attached, didn't we? Oh yeah, we've got all these, you know, these attachments that come with us and the certain ways we do this and certain ways. And then we've got all the things that, that we got hurt in life by people and let down and disappointed and so on. All, all of us have been there. So we've got all of those things and they, they try to attach themselves as a little memo to our title. But I'm going to tell you one thing, a hurt feeling can't tie to an eternal title. Uh, a Reagan issue about this or a Reagan issue about that cannot attach itself to a title which existed before there ever was the first Reagan, whoever that was. So what I need to do then is search myself back. And this is where God wants us as his people to understand. God did the title search, but we need to follow him back in his work and let him make that real to us as an individual that I go further back than my mortality. I go further back than my flaws but I go further back than my sickness I go further back than my trouble as a matter of fact I was before there was any trouble so if I was before there was any trouble shall not I come back again to the spot where there is no more trouble when there is no more trouble I still will be when there is no more sickness I still will be when there is no more devil brother Lord we'll be shouting down the streets of gold hallelujah when the devil has been annihilated notice this so the search will reveal any title related problems with the property and report all publicly recorded liens and encumbrances against the property when a search is complete the information is gathered on a commitment document for title insurance. This document shows any defects to the property that would be listed as exceptions to the policy, as well as requirements necessary to be resolved before the policy can be issued. Now, man, I had a long list of issues and a long list of problems before I could get my eternal life assurance policy. Well, y'all did too, you might as well admit it. We had all kinds of things against us. And this is why religion cannot fix it. And this is why just listen to tapes every day cannot fix it. But it must be a title search done in your soul. You search beyond. Now, please don't misunderstand me. You search beyond going to Jeffersonville. A yearly pilgrimage to Jeffersonville is not the new birth. A pilgrimage going to Calvary is not the new birth, since they're not even sure which hill that it was on. So there's a Gordon's Calvary, and then there's another Calvary. There's one inside the city wall and one outside the city wall. I've been to both. I got nothing when I went there because I already had the one who died on whichever place it was. So it's not coming to church, and while I pay my tithes, that's all well and good. But the title has to be searched within yourself. You see, you've got to be released from all of this from within yourself. You've got to be convinced that God has searched your title. Everything your mama done, your daddy done, your grandpa done, it has been searched plumb back and there's nothing between you and God. This is why we can have confidence when we pray. 
Now, whenever a person that looks and said, oh, oh, right here, right here, something. Right, let's check this, make a note of this, and make a note of that. And I said, no, we, we cannot, we cannot insure this title now until this is taken care of. Absolutely not. Our company will not be responsible because right here it says John Doe back in 1987 that he owned this property $375 in taxes that ain't been paid against it. Oh, well, I, I, I didn't know that. Well, the guy that sold me that never even mentioned that. Well, sir, that's why we do a title search. Well, you see, the Lord ain't going to have no mess-ups when it comes to his bride. He ain't going to have no slip-ups and slip on in the rapture and say, oh, my goodness, that was a liar slipped in the rapture. Oh, my goodness, that was a guy who slipped in and watched pornography every day on his phone by himself. And nobody ever knew it. Well, the title company knows this, so it won't insure his soul. So the insurance company is not issued to those that just want it. You see, this insurance is not applied to whosoever wants will let him come. But it's actually applied to those who have been investigated and their lives have been searched by. Because if everybody could get eternal life that wanted it, I guarantee you all these folks out here, none of them really want to go to hell. They'd all get it, but you don't get it that way. You've got to come to the insurance company and the insurance company said, yep, searched him plumb by, found him right back there on page 33. The first name on the Lamb's Book of Life was Jesus Christ and he wrote his name with the blood of the Lord Jesus right down on page 33. There he is. He went back before time, back before mortality, back before Adam, back before Noah, back before Enoch. We searched him plumb back. We will ensure his soul till the day of redemption. We guarantee no lust, no devils, no alcohol, no dope, no nothing else will ever pull him out. Oh, hallelujah. A blessed assurance Jesus is mine. When he get down, yes he will. When he get discouraged, yes he will. But we guarantee he will never be a sinner again. He will never be lost again. He will never be away from God's presence again. We guarantee it. Hallelujah. When you get that, then you can present your token with your prayers then you can speak to that cancer in your body and say in the name of Jesus leave me and if the same one who spoke and said let there be light in the beginning can take those promises of Isaiah and 2nd Peter and speak them through your lips by his stripes I am healed. It's one thing when we say it. It's another thing when the author himself, the owner of the insurance company, hallelujah, when the owner of the insurance company takes that promise and uses your lips and says, by his stripes, I am already delivered. I am already healed. Sickness, leave me in the name of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Then what does a person get? A person gets a clear title. A clear title to property is one that clearly states any obligation in the deed to the property. It reveals no breaks. Hallelujah. It reveals no breaks in the chain of legal 
ownership. Now you imagine when God searches your soul. Now remember, the real you was never married to sin in the first place. It was your old nature. And when God searches your soul, He finds no break in eternity in your soul. He sees you were owned by God. You come down on a mortal body and then your, your, your temporary time of being held in captivity of sin has absolutely been eradicated and it's not even showed that you was ever owned because that a husband, you was never married to him in the first place and God looks at you in a what? A complete circle. You're not even down in the loop no more in your soul. You stepped across the chasm and there's no break. There's absolutely no break in the, on the ownership of your soul. Your soul, he sees it from where it was in his mind. He sees it when it spoke out of his mouth by the word. He sees it when it took on this mortality. He sees it, hallelujah, when it was born again. He sees it right back glorified in his presence. No break in the ownership. No break in the ownership. Why? You've already crossed the chasm right back into eternity. Eternity has carried your soul back into the bosom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It reveals no breaks in the chain of legal ownership. Oh, you see, everything the devil had against me was actually proved illegal in the court of God. See, you ain't got no claim on him. He's mine. We'll get into it a little later, but when God got ready to call Israel out from under Egyptian bondage, God had to change their position before he could claim them. So God told Moses, you go down there and tell Pharaoh, let my son go. Israel is my firstborn. Now this would have been no problem for Pharaoh to understand. Since all Pharaohs in this time frame for several hundred years prior and several hundred years afterwards... They call themselves the son of the son. So they were the S-O-N of the S-U-N, Ra. They worshiped Ra, the sun god. So they considered themselves the firstborn of the god. So God, God knew Satan would make a legitimate claim. And Pharaoh would make it. Jacob brought these people down here on his own will. They moved into Egypt. We gave them a place to live. They're Egyptians. They owe Egyptian taxes. They have to obey Egyptian law. And they worship Egyptian gods. Because their patriarch father Move them here. The residents of Egypt. And I have made them my slaves. They are mine. And God's not going to steal somebody else's property. So God first had to elevate them. 
and say, they are not your slaves. God made man, man made slaves. They are not your slaves. They are not even Egyptians. Israel is my firstborn. Amen. The Pharaohs considered themselves special loved by the gods. They considered themselves the firstborn. So they had special blessings, special understanding, special this, special that. You ever wonder why God smote the firstborn? The whole thing starts right there. If you read the book of Exodus, in two verses there, God sums up the whole thing and dealing with three firstborns. The firstborn of Israel, the firstborn of Egypt, and the firstborn of Moses. All two, all three of them right there in them two verses. Every bit of it dealing right on the firstborn. Remember the firstborn that ever broke the matrix into the human existence was who? Cain. The firstborn. Why is God always dealt with the firstborn? Look at it. If our soul would have been born first, we would not have had near the problem that we've got in life. But our body was born first, then our soul born later. But it's by that firstborn of the rebirth that God is able to bring us back to this. And God said, Israel, he raised them out of that slump of slavery and this and that. He said, they are not your property. They are not your slaves. Israel is my son. Oh, he's your son. Oh, my, that changes everything. Now we've got a father saying to Notice, we got Father God saying to the Son God, I challenge you. I challenge you. What's the challenge over? The firstborn. God's saying, I will defend my firstborn, Raw. You want to defend yours? Then what did God wind up doing? God smote the firstborn from the house of Pharaoh down to the cattle, down to the pigs, everything down there was smitten. But yet the firstborn in the land of Israel was saved. Why? God claimed the firstborn as his own. Don't you see? Our soul is the firstborn in this generation. Our soul, Peter and them on the day of Pentecost, their soul was the firstborn in the second church age. Their soul was the firstborn of that age in the third church age right on down to the seventh church age the souls of the elect was the firstborn of that hour and it ain't going to be long that our bodies is going to follow our souls let's stand let me finish with this explanation here it reveals no breaks in the chain of legal ownership after the records of the property have been traced in the title has been found clear. It is sometimes guaranteed or insured. And a title deed is a legal document proving a person's right to property. You're sick tonight. You have a right to healing. You don't have peace. You've got a right. But I'm low down. I'm sorry. You're still looking at you. Get your eyes off of you. Look at the enforcer. The Holy Ghost is here to enforce that word. But, I, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm not strong. I'm not that. Get your eyes off of you. Look at this in the Easter seal. But when they went up to Pentecost and they received quickening power, the power that made them alive. Now there's where I think you Presbyterian, Baptist, excuse me, Methodist brethren, you do receive potentially unbelieving the Lord Jesus Christ. But the abstract hasn't come yet. That's the clearing of the deed. Praise God. This is what separates the bride from the church. The church claims it. Oh yeah, they claim it. But it's evident they don't have the life of God in them. 
And when he gathers all the title deed holders, they'll be left here. Now, if the Lord Jesus spoke for every person that accepts him as Savior, there won't be one of them in the tribulation period. Every one of them will be gone. But the prophet said they think they're under the blood, but actually they're not. They sing about it. They claim it. They love that man on the cross. They have pictures and hang it around their neck and their, their car mirror and all that sort of thing. That's not the way we get it. We get it when God personally searches our soul. Plumb back to the beginning. And there's no break in the ownership of our soul. God, 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 God. No break. Then God says personally, I insure this soul. I place my seal upon the soul. Will I make mistakes, Brother Donnie? Thousands of them. Thousands of them. But if you're born again, you'll repent. You'll make that right. That's right. And it ain't the seal soul that does it anyway. It's this old body. How in the world can a person like that, Brother Donnie, ever get sick? Simple. Because this body ain't been stamped yet. It's still got the sign of a renegade. I reckon all y'all still got your navels, ain't you? You're attached to a woman. Sign of a renegade. But one day we'll be reborn without it. As far back as he would be able to search my body would be 64 years ago. July the 9th, 1956. Eight something in the morning. But Louis, however old you are, Harry, just turned 60. That's as far back as the deed could search. And God said, I can't prove my ownership of that. It's a broken ownership. But let it live its time in mortality. And then let me change it into an eternal house and I'll prove my ownership even of your flesh body from eternity. I'll prove my DNA is in it. Praise be to God. How in the world will Almighty God when the Spirit of God moves on us in the rapture? Me a 64-year-old man, you whatever you are, you brothers, you sisters, whatever you are out there, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God will change our bodies and eternal life will live inside this flesh and these bodies will never, never, ever die. Never ache. How in the world can that be? Ah, he's a professional. I ain't going to worry about it. He's done all these other things. He can take care of that. Praise God. Take your token and stand right there, whatever you have need of. Some of you fighting depression, sadness, sorrow. I know it's so difficult for us friends not being able to come to church. We're different from the world. We depend on each other. We love each other. We need each other. And when we can't get around each other, we don't feel right. This ain't right tonight, Brother Louie. As wonderful as Wednesday night was, oh my, the presence of God so wonderful, yet it wasn't right because everybody couldn't be here. But we believe He'll make it right for us. So we just stand strong. That's who we are. That's what we believe. God bless you. Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, what a great work you have done. Lord Jesus, I hope I was able to make it 
sensible, reasonable to him tonight by the presentation of it, Father. Lord, if there's one here or there's one under the sound of my voice, whether it be in Tennessee or Georgia, South Carolina or Africa, New Zealand, France, Switzerland, Norway, wherever it be around the world, that'll go back and hear this. Lord, they love you. They believe you. They believe the message. They believe you've sent a prophet, and they know there's none other truth like it in all the world. But yet, Lord, they've, they've not crossed over that line. Dear Jesus, may the Spirit of God come there to where they're sitting right now, Lord. Maybe they've got their head bowed holding their wife's hand, or maybe it's a son sitting there with his mom and dad, a daughter, whoever it is, Lord. May the Holy Ghost... Lord Jesus, I know you've been doing it. I've got several texts and emails, Father, from the service Wednesday night of people saying you come right in their living room in such a way. They worship, they praise, they, they experience the same supernatural anointing. Go to their homes tonight, Lord. If there's one there, dear God, that their name is on the book, but they've got this issue and that issue and this issue that's against them. Lord Jesus, and they're trying to work it out. They're, they're trying to put forth every effort. Help them, Lord God, to see they will never live long enough to clear the deed themselves. We can never live long enough. We cannot go far back enough. How can I go back to eternity? You must do it. Lord God, may you break the seal on their life. Oh, it must be a happy day when a title company calls a man and woman and they've been planning and they want this particular lot and they drove by it every day since they saw it and they paid a down payment, but they just want to make sure. And they call them and said, good news, we've searched it back. The title is clear. You can build your house. We will ensure it that nobody can make a claim against it. Lord God, how happy I am to be able to stand here tonight, Lord Jesus, believing that I have passed from death unto life. Oh, that old liar will bring false accusations against us all, but he ain't got one speck of proof. Praise God. He likes to remind us of what was and he likes to remind us of the frailty of our humanity of what still is. But that coward ain't got enough guts to bring up that cleared soul. He ain't got enough about him. Glory to God. Because it's searched all the way back beyond his existence. He can't even go that far back. Praise God. There I was in the bank of your mind a little scroll as it was of my name my life the course of my journey and no doubt another little scroll was rolled up right by mine and it was called Carol and two other little scrolls called my children and other little scrolls my grandchildren and we were all coupled together in a little section of your library Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we worship you tonight, Father. Oh, glory to God. May your supernatural power, Lord, I pray, 
Oh, I just feel tonight, Lord, you're dealing with some hearts out there, Lord, maybe not so mature, the visible audience. May your presence go there, Lord God. Maybe a young man, a young woman, maybe an older man or an older woman. They're just not sure that they have went to church and they've loved you, but really they say, I've always had questions and doubts. God, may you search them back right there. They don't have to jump. They don't have to run. They don't have to even be here. Lord, it's just that something that strikes their soul. In a moment, you search them back beyond mortality. Hallelujah. And it's gone. The sin nature is finished. And the ownership, the circle of the ownership is proven. Glory to God. We worship you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Sing together, hey. God bless you, saints. Love you so much. Thank you, brothers, for coming and pulling tonight and helping me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Joel, can you come back and be with us in the morning? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just worship him a little. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I claim the blood. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Jesus shed on Calvary. On Calvary. Oh, Brother Benton, I wish you could be here and sing it for us, buddy. Those precious bloodstains were made there just for me.
tonight by the word of the Lord. Certainly a tremendous message. My goodness, gets any better. We don't know how we're going to stand it. Brother Joel, in the meantime, something keeps holding me, buddy. Let's sing about it tonight, if you will. The trials of this world were getting, they were creeping closer. The pull I felt was more than I could bear. And I was on the verge of simply giving over. Just wasn't there But you know Something Something keeps holding me Every day I see Helping me faithfully To overcome My child 
service in the morning at 11. We'll be back here, the Lord willing, to have church all over again. I know God's got something good for every one of us. Let's sing it, Brother Joel. Won't it be a time when we get over yonder? Let's sing about it tonight, if you will. I said, won't it be a time? Oh, won't it be a time? Yeah. 
sunshine I said I'm gonna have myself A mighty, 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 mighty good time 